How we doing team? Sorry for the late start was wrapping up on Benzinga Live. Now we're getting to you on Stock Market Movers. Are you guys ready for today's show? We got a great show like always. We're going to talk about all the headlines that are moving out there. It seems like everything, you know, there's tons of earnings reports that we're going to talk about today. But really, I mean, we are having definitely a risk off type of day, even kind of beaten down you know, some would say crappy names are getting the lift. And that's when you can really see that is an everything rally. Now, will this rally hold as the spy is starting to turn around a little bit here as we're just starting to talk? We'll see what happens. Of course, not a bad day for the spy overall going from around 377 this morning all the way up towards almost 384. Big day there for the market overall. We'll talk about it. And of course, we got our guests like always right here on Stock Market Movers because that's what this show's about, getting to the expert opinions to keep you in the informational edge. Today at 1.15, we got Michael Lee, founder of the Michael Lee Strategy. That's going to be excellent. We're going to talk on a couple of different areas that I want to find out. And the question of the day that I'm going to be asking the guest is, what is the biggest risk to markets? I could see you guys jumping in there in the chat talking about it. Kenneth talking about maybe nothing for this year, but something maybe for the next year. Something to keep in mind, right? We'll be asking our guests that same question. And at 145, I'll be asking the same question to Matt Orton to hear what he has to say. Of course, Raymond James Investment Management Chief Market Strategist on today's show. So hit the thumbs up. We got a lot to talk about. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. I'm your host, Money Mitch, and let's get right into the action. Looks like, ah, come on, come on. There we go. Let's get it started. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I want to breathe more than any man alive. Oh, you know it, guys. I'm breathing and this market looks like it's breathing also with the run that we just had. We earlier had an ascending triangle. We talked about it on live trading right here at the top of the range, close towards that 382.67. Looking like we're trying to find the bounce right around the same area right now, but that was a nice little pattern. Continued going all the way up there towards a high today of 384.21 on the SPY. It was not a bad move. What kind of news did we get today? Well, we did see earlier today we got a... Uh, the conference board consumer confidence index decreased in October, showing us a little bit more that the Fed still has room here to continue raising those rates. But of course, what has been talked about? Well, we'll talk about it, of course, with our guests coming up. But it seems like December is starting to get the question whether the Fed will continue their pace of 75 basis points or will they come down to 50 to 25? Or would they maybe not raise at all? 
This is something definitely to keep in watch. We'll see what happens. We'll be talking about this, of course, with our guests coming up. But let's get first into some of these earnings reports. And then we can go ahead, of course, get to our guests uh, today. So the first one we're going to talk about, of course, is General Motors. Let's go ahead and take a look how General Motors is performing on the day. I'll make this a little bit bigger. And you guys can see I was already drawing this up. And so... Um, I could see this kind of pulling back here and you could see it caught the bounce there right around the VWAP. This is a VWAP bounce type of style trade that we talk about always on live trading and it didn't make a nice little bounce. Nice little push there in General Motors. Let's give the numbers here. EPS at $2.25 beating the $1.89 estimate. Sales at $41.89 billion beating the $41. Point seven seven billion estimate. General Motors sees full year 22 adjusted EPS at $6.50 to a high end of $7.50. The expectations were at $6.79, so definitely the high end looking good there for General Motors as they continue to push. Full year 22 net income towards 9.6. $11.2 billion on the high end. Seems a little bit of a range there, but General Motors is definitely getting the lift here. And you guys can see that spike from this morning's action when the earnings were released. We will take a look there if the dailies can really get back there towards 40. That's kind of the level that we can really start getting more into the bullish. We'd be above the 50, running right into that 200-day moving average. And then we can start seeing the trend change. If you want to be a little bit closer, stay towards that 9 EMA. We'll see if it keeps holding the 9 EMA. Right now, that's towards 35. Right now at 34.71, we'll see how General Motors performs. All right, let's keep going. We'll take a look at some other stocks. Today, we're going to run through these earnings reports. I'm going to try my best to get through as many as possible. Of course, these are the notable ones. I can't get through every single earnings report. But if you have a stock out there that is moving on the day, Maybe you want to know why that stock is moving or you just want to check out the earnings on that stock and cover them right here on Stock Market Movers. Feel free to throw it up in the chat. That's what it's all about. And definitely say hello if you're new to the show. All right, let's keep rolling through here. Let's get to the next earnings report. I'm going to go to Valero Energy because this is one that I was looking at for a laggard style play because ExxonMobil was already breaking out. And that was on last week's Monday where we started bringing this up as laggard style play. And you could see it was right in this area. That's when we started really getting that next lift in XOM. And you could see this pushed up there towards 130. Of course, their earnings came in today and oil gets hit a little bit. But this isn't the biggest pullback. It doesn't look too bad there in Valero. Let's talk about what their numbers came in here. So Valero's numbers are coming in here with an EPS of $7.14, missing the $7.68 estimate. Sales at $44.45 billion, missing the $44.64 billion estimate. It's not a bad one to keep on watch. Of course, it's already made a nice run here. I think we just need to kind of keep watch to see if this pullback area holds around the 9 EMA. That's going to be around the 122s and 123s. And of course, how does overall oil perform here, right? We're starting to see a little bit of a turnaround there. And ExxonMobil could expect a little bit further pullback. We'll see what happens to these oil stocks. All right, let's continue going with some of the earning stocks. I'm trying to get through as many as possible before we get to our first interview and keep it snappy. Let's go. All right, next one up. Let's go towards the next stock that I have here. We're going to go to UPS. 
of course, uh, United uh, Postal Service. Let me go ahead and pull up their ticker here. Here you guys have it, their EPS coming in here. Uh, United Postal Service, EPS at $2.99, beating the $2.87 estimate. Sales at $24.2 billion, missing the $24.42 billion estimate. They reaffirmed full year 22 consolidated financial targets of revenues of $102 billion. And getting a little bit of a pop here. I think this is one that we need to see if we could actually close above this kind of resistance above it towards, let's say, 170. If we could actually close there, I think we can actually start making our way back here on UPS and start making our way into some of these shadows. But, of course, in the pre-market, we were right through that level. And so we we came right back to these levels. Now it's kind of catching yesterday's closing price. That's an important price to catch, right? 168. Look how we're going right to it right now. Let's see if that 168 holds as support today and you start seeing a bounce coming back to BWAP. And I've been looking at UPS, of course, after the after the FedEx disaster report, right, pre-announcing. And I think that this could actually turn around FedEx and help it out, right? So now you're seeing FedEx trying to get, make a move back up. I'm going to continue watching this to see if it could actually get towards 165. That's where it could really start getting back into the, the big gap, uh, down gap that it has. And of course, we kind of already know that their earnings aren't going to be the best. But did they lower the bar far enough to start making their way back into the wall of worry? All right, we'll get out of United uh, Parcel Service. Let's keep going. Let's go towards one more. I can sneak in here. Um, let's do uh, Let's do Halliburton. Uh, this is a stock that I called out earlier in the week because, of course, SLB and um, we were watching SLB's earnings coming in and it didn't have a nice push. Of course, it's already ran pretty significantly from there. You saw a little push out the gates, wasn't able to hold, but now it's back towards support, holding around the 3410s, 3420s. We'll see if Hal can make another move back up. But of course, you can see also from SLB that it's kind of topping out right now. We just need to watch to see if it could take that next leg. Um, their earnings coming in here and coming in at 60 cents, beating the 56 cent estimate. Sales at 5.36 billion, beating the 5.34 billion estimate. This is not a bad one. Also was playing kind of more of a laggard, but already made that run, right? And now it could pull back here towards the 200, uh, around 3271s, and then catch the bounce there. That's what I'd be watching. You could see here how this little light blue line, the 9 EMA, has a tendency to, the, to get the price action away and then bring it right back towards that price action. So I'm going to be looking for the same kind of pattern here to come into play. But one thing to notice, right, the moving average 200 right below it. So that just gives us look that Halliburton is actually getting back into the bullish sense, even though it did uh, spend a significant amount of time below that 200-day moving average, around 3.7 months, so almost four months down below that. Now we're really starting to see the strength come back to a name like Halliburton. And I just keep on watch also SLB to see how that kind of keeps performing. And that has already made a big move, but it could also pull back. And you can see how extended it is from the 9 EMA. All right, let's get out of those earnings stock. There's still so much to go to. I can probably cover earnings stocks all day today, and there'd still be some left over. But like always... You guys get to run the show also. So make sure that you guys in the chat are dropping in some tickers or some charts that you like, and we'll keep rolling through. TC charts for service, uh, charge for service. Yeah, they do charge for service. Uh, 
the, the charting that you're seeing here, the TC2000, that's what I tend to use. And the reason why I use it is just because what you see me being able to do, right? I could go from technology to solar and then find some big leaders, right? A lot of times I have to do this on multiple kind of pages, not just a one page stop. So that's why I like TC, but let's get out of that talk. Let's go towards our first guest today. Like always, don't forget that you guys run the show also. So if you guys have a question for Michael Lee, this is your opportunity. Not many medias. Do you get the chance to go ahead and give your own question also? So hit that thumbs up and let's get right to our first interview today. All right, let's bring on Michael Lee, founder of the Michael Lee Strategy. Welcome to have you back on, Michael. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing today? Oh, doing great. Ready to get right into the show's action. It looks like we are finally getting a little bit of a rally here. Do you feel that this rally is sustainable? No. Um, You know, sustainable how in that we've seen the worst or that um, we're going to have more upside because I, I believe you could probably see a little bit more legs to this. I, I do think this is a bear market rally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there are too many economic problems for us to be out of the woods at the moment. Does that mean stocks will go meaningfully lower? Um, I, I tend to think so, but you know, markets can remain very irrational for a very extended period of time. Uh, so, from that standpoint, I'm not um, like I, 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 I'm not convinced that market the bottom is going to completely fall out of the overall market. However, uh, when you take a look back at the overall economy and start looking at things, and since since May, a lot of things have just started to fall out of bed. Uh, so first, it was the housing sector, and then his, historically, once housing starts really collapsing. Uh, you're, you're guaranteed a recession. And yes, we did have two declining quarters of GDP in the first two years of this year, but that was due to a lot of uh, excess inventory and so a lot of excess imports. So imports have slowed in the third quarter, so we're going to have positive GDP growth. Imports have slowed because of demand falling off a cliff. So after after housing falls off a cliff, then it's manufacturing. Two-thirds of, of global PMIs are in contraction at the moment. And then when you look at the relationship in the ISM, the Institute of Supply Manufacturers, new orders to inventory ratio, that's upside down. It's been upside down. Okay, that is a precursor to the market and the economy falling out of bed. You look at the velocity of money and the, sorry, M2 growth. So M2 growth six months ago was 10% year over year. A year ago, it was 13% year over year. Now it's less than three. Okay, that is that that is just hard a hard scenario for risk assets. Okay, then the next thing is going to be earnings. Uh, I've heard some people say earnings are going to have to come down at least as much as twenty percent for next year. I don't know if that's the case. I definitely think earnings will be flat or down year over year. We're not going to get the seven to eight percent increase after that. Once earnings come down, then un- unemployment spikes. Once unemployment spikes, inflation falls off, and so. The other thing to consider is there's a three to six month lag from what the Fed is doing in terms of tightening to the effects on the real economy. So the economy has mostly slowed and a lot of these things have basically fallen out of bed without the effects of the Fed. And the Fed's expected to raise at least 
uh, another 125, if not another 150 basis points by the end of the year. So I, I think this all comes to a head in the first quarter of next year. So you tell me with all those headwinds, how much higher can the market go? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot at the top, right? There's a lot pushing down, right? And um, we don't see many tailwinds. So I'd have to ask, what do you feel is the biggest risk to the markets right now? So um, you, in my mind, you have a tremendous amount of economic uncertainty, right? Where, where do we go from here? Because half of the earnings outside the U.S. are or I'm sorry, half the earnings of the S&P 500 or more come from outside the U.S. And as the dollar gets stronger, that devastates a lot of economies abroad uh, because all the commodities worldwide are dollar denominated. And if you want to buy if you want to buy things from China, you have to pay in dollars. If you want to buy things from the U.S., you have to pay in China. So two of the biggest exporter nations, plus all commodities are based in dollars. So it just becomes harder for a lot of these countries. Plus, you add the sanctions. Uh, that Europe has put on Russia and the dispute over gas. You're looking at a very long, cold winter for them. Or as a friend of mine who works for a German company, the CEO says, the great freeze is coming. Um, it's, it's much worse elsewhere in the world. So what is dollar strength not only going to do these economies, but due to overall S&P 500 earnings that's not baked in the cake right now? So, Look, I mean, we could see a 30% correction from here. We could see a 5% correction here. However, until these issues are resolved, it's just hard for me to see the market breaking out. I understand that. You know, one of the things that I've been trying to do is just be more at a pause until we actually hear of a pause, right? And I think that that's the important thing here. Now, of course, we're getting towards the holiday season. Do you think that the Santa Claus rally works in this type of bearish environment? So, again, it's going to come a lot down to guidance and pre-guidance and how economic data comes in from the end of uh, the end of November and into December. Right. So that that um, that is uh, that's how that is all going to play out uh, in my mind. What I think you're having right now is you've got a story from Nick Timoros from The Wall Street Journal. So for, for your viewers who don't uh, know who that is, he's the current mouthpiece for the Fed. So they're leaking to him. So when you hear something from him, you can almost take it to the bank that it's true that uh, December is going to be 50 basis points instead of 75. It's still another 125 basis points. It takes us to four and a quarter by the end of the year. Remember, at the end of July, the thinking in the Fed fund futures market where interest rates are going to be three and a quarter in February, now we're going to be four and a quarter in December. So I think this economic uh, calamity kind of comes to a head at the end of the first quarter, right, where it really gets ugly and you're really in the depths. Um, that At that point, I'm not sure where the market will be, but then I'll be a lot more constructive on investing because once you're kind of in the basement of the economy, um, that, that is typically when markets turn around. That's when you get a pivot from the Fed. And I imagine the Fed will have to go the other way quite quickly um, uh, unless inflation persists. And we, we, we run a real risk right here of having inflation still being high, unemployment rising, and the economy contracting. So you're having a restrictive Fed, basically having all these things work against you. And so uh, I, I'm like, I'm in my early 40s. So for anybody, so, you know, I was basically born 
the last time there was runaway inflation. And all the people that worked in the industry at that point that had any sort of seen. So if you were my age, then you're 80 now. Right. So how many of those people are still around telling us what it was like, telling us uh, how to trade, how to invest? I mean, we can look at charts, but the fact of the matter is to talk to people that were sitting on desks and making decisions at that point, the markets were different. Life was different. Uh, so for most in professional investors, you're very much in uncharted territories right now. Um, and so, look, I, I love to see markets up, but my um, you know how I'm positioned right now, I've got I've got 20 percent in short term treasuries of my equity allocation, 15 percent in long term treasuries, 25 uh, percent in staples. 15 in uh, utilities, healthcare, and energy. And um, I, I might be, and I, actually, I'm sorry, utilities is just 10%, but that's where I am. Out of my equity allocation, I'm only 65% long with 20% basically in cash. Well, it seems like uh, we're seeing some companies really start rushing towards the repurchase program. Of course, the new 1% tax uh, set to hit next year. Do you feel that this will change the policy and create a downtrend in repurchasing and have companies adjust their buyback plan going into next year? You know, that, that 1% is, is really not, it's, it's, it's not a market mover um, what that is, is those are um, those are basically tax free return of capital, right, where uh, if you pay out dividends, it's getting taxed as dividend tax rate. Uh, but, you know, stock repurchases, companies should be buying back stock, uh, in my mind, to what they're giving out in equity awards, just so the float stays out there. But that's you know, I, I'm not going to argue and rally against buybacks, but obviously you want to see a company either making an acquisition or making a capital investment. Uh, on the flip side, as you can say, my, my stock is really cheap. But I mean, it, it, next year, <clears throat> if the market's down 25% from where it is now, there's a lot of people that were buying a ton of stock in the fourth quarter at the end of last year, where it's like, hey, why were you buying stock you know, 5x higher than where it is now? So, I mean, people say, you know, boardrooms think their stock is cheap. It's my experience, a lot of boardrooms, they understand their industries well, but in terms of how capital markets valuation should work, um, it, it's just doing buybacks are things boardrooms can recommend without facing a lot of scrutiny other than politicals, you know, political people saying that you should be giving that out in wages. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but that's a political argument. Last question I have for you is, as we see the narrative move forward towards the end of the year, where do you think the focus is going to be? Do you think it's going to be more just still on inflation or are we going to be starting to worry about weakening, weakening in the economy and the labor market starting to show some signs of weakening? Well, look, I, I, I would hope that uh, we get some poor inflation numbers. I, I would think the market would rally off that, but it's for earnings, um, for, for earnings to withstand all this pressure, it, it's it, it, I just can't see it happening. Maybe 20 or 25 percent cut off next year's 240, which would take you down to 200. Maybe that's too much. But if the S&P comes in at at 220 next year and we have a 3 percent 10 year, how are you valuing that? Well, I, I can tell you right now. It's not going to be 20 times. You're not going to you're not going to have a 4,000 S&P on 220 earnings. So where are we right now? 3,900, 3,800. So I, I think you know I would hope 
that we do have a healthy sell-off and get down to 3,300, 3,200 with the bottom somewhere around the end of the first quarter next year. So people with cash, the sidelines can invest and make money going forward because until we get a sub 2% tenure again, I think that multiple, um, that, that 20 multiple that we've enjoyed on the S&P 500 for forward looking is, is somewhat a thing of the past. And, and, and realistically, if you look at the historical average, the S&P 500 in terms of forward earnings multiple, it's like a 15, 16, and you're either way below it for a long time or way above it. Uh, I would hope we get it back above it. I, I think interest rates are going to have to get low, but I, I think till we get that 10-year back below uh, 2.5%, 2%, it's going to be hard to get the multiples that we, we, we had before. So I, you know, normally I'm the most bullish person, I'm a permable, but there's just some issues we have to get through before I can slam the table and say bye. Yeah, it seems like, Michael, you're telling us to just kind of be aware. It doesn't mean that this isn't a bad rally, but definitely be aware about what's going on and the headwinds that are out there. Appreciate you coming on like always, Michael Lee, and we'll definitely have you back on. Thank you very much. Have a good one. All right, there you guys have our first guest and you guys here there, I think it's an important thing to mention, right? Is that, you know, for a while there, you're even hearing Jerome Powell kind of iterate multiple times. I don't see slowdown in the economy. I don't see slowdown in the economy. Looks like Michael's really starting to see that. And I think that's an important thing also. It could be a good outlook too to actually start seeing a slowdown. Like you mentioned, once we get into that basement, area right where the economy is really starting to get hit that's when we can really probably find the true bottom it looks like we're getting a short-term bottom right now but the question will be definitely uh do these big risks to the markets the uncertainty come back into play and i feel like we're still not out of the woodworks we'll have to wait and see all right let's get back towards the action back towards some earning report and then we'll we get into what was hot and what was not still lots to talk about today Let's get back to the markets. Uh, I was taking a little peek there at the TLT, and I can see it's having a good day there. Uh, that's a good sign for stocks as we kept seeing the TLT making new lows, even though the market was starting to come back up, right? And so today, not a bad outlook there for the TLT. We'll see overall if they can really kind of keep this rally going. Let's go towards the next earning stock. We're going to go towards uh, Coca-Cola here. Let's go and, and take a look here how Coke is performing on the day. This is one that I was taking a look at uh, yesterday because uh, PepsiCo was still having a good time from their earnings report. So I was thinking maybe Coke comes in here and beats. Well, let's talk about their earnings. Uh, Coca-Cola coming in here at 69 cents, beating the 64 cent estimate. Sales at 11.1 billion, beating the 10.49 billion estimate. Coca-Cola expects to deliver comparable currency neutral non-GAAP EPS uh, growth of 15 to 16%. Now, this does include here the expected 9% currency headwind that the company uh, plans, of course, it, is going to get hit. Of course, uh, Coca-Cola is getting hit because their international exposure and currency concerns. Now, one thing that was a little bit more concerning was that the company does not plan to release 23 full year guidance until next year. And I think this is actually maybe a little move where they're just focused on trying to see what happens with that currency concern as we get into the next year. You're seeing the dollar take a big hit on the downside today. So I'm sure Coke is not uh, too mad about that. We're going to just keep watch to see what happens. But 9% currency headwind to their non-GAAP EPS growth is definitely something to keep in mind.
All right, getting out of Coca-Cola. Let's go to the next one. I saw one that was getting a little bit of a push up, and that's going to be Logitech getting a little nice move up and continuing from the pre-market action. You guys can see it on the chart here. And with this one, I was watching another relationship with here, Turtle Beach. But let's first give the Logitech numbers. All right, Logitech coming in here. And their numbers are EPS at 84 cents, missing the $1.10 estimate. Sales at $1.15 billion, missing the $1.27 billion estimate. So a miss and a miss, still got the pop. One thing for certain that helped them was reiterating their full year 23 outlook. They did miss on the Q2 uh, consensus, but announced a CFO transition. So it's just something to keep in mind. But Logitech definitely getting a little bit of a bounce. And I thought it would give here a little bit of a lift also. And you guys can see here from the open, we're getting that lift about 6% on here today. So not a bad one. This is Turtle Beach, of course, likes to make moves with Logi. Um, that's Logitech. And we'll see if this can continue pushing. Now, the big thing for me is it just hold the pullback towards the 50 uh, 50 moving average around 48.40. We'll see if this can hold it on the pullback day. Right now, it's still in the green, looking good. That's Logitech. All right, let's keep going. We already talked about, uh, let's go to 3M. 3M is one that we haven't talked about. This is one that I, I'm not touching a lot on uh, because of the lawsuits that are out there. I just don't understand where 3M will be valued after those lawsuits. And with that being mentioned, I don't want to get caught in a company that has, you know, kind of uh, issues here, especially with lawsuits, because you just don't know how much is going to hurt the company. And so with that being said, I think there's some people taking their shot on 3M. I know I will be not in that camp just because there's just too much risk. Uh, EPS coming in here at $2.69, beating the $2.62 estimate. Sales at $8.6 billion, missing the $8.3 uh, seven three billion estimate. They cut their full year guidance. Of course, that's not helping. They cut EPS guidance um, from ten dollars and thirty cents to a high end of ten dollars and eighty cents. Now down towards a low end of ten dollars and ten cents and a high end of ten dollars and thirty five cents. Just barely making it over their earlier guidance of ten dollars and thirty cents, even on the high end. Definitely a stock that I'm just going to kind of avoid, but it made back all the losses. And this is that type of market, especially when you're seeing the market rise like the way it is. It could give back a lot of these kind of when they take a big hit it just make up some of this. And it's coming right back towards that closing price and then rejecting to get above that closing price. Uh, closing price I have at 118.43. And look how this went right to that, right about the 43s. It went to 118.60s here. But if you can see where the bodies are closing, really close towards that 118.41. And so that's acting as resistance right now. Yesterday's close on 3M. All right, getting out of that one, let's continue going. There's still so much to go through. I'm going to try to do my best to get to one more, and then we'll get into what was hot and what was not. If there's any tickers that you guys feel that we're missing, Definitely hit the thumbs up. Let's keep going. Uh, on Alphabet, Alphabet will be coming up. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be giving you a, a little bit of an outlook on Alphabet coming up a little bit later. Uh, let's keep going. If you guys have a earnings stock that you guys are worried about this week, definitely let me know. You know, we got our earnings calendar. We can keep a watch. Alphabet will be reporting tonight. And you don't got to go anywhere, team. Right here on Benzinga, we'll have the earnings call. So definitely catch... Uh, tonight, you'll have Alphabet, we'll have Microsoft, 
and even Spotify. We're going to go ahead and put on the earnings calls. So you don't got to go anywhere. Right here is the place you want to be to catch these earnings calls. All right, let's keep going. We're going to go into one more here. Let's do Raytheon. Raytheon Technologies. I think this is definitely an important one to touch because it's actually pulling back. And there's not many stocks that are pulling back right now. But let's talk about this Raytheon technology here. Um, and this is an important one definitely to keep watching in, in a war environment, right? EPS coming in here at $1.21, beating the $1.14 estimate. Sales at $16.95 billion, missing the $17.28 billion estimate. Uh, Raytheon Technologies raised their full year 22 adjusted EPS guidance and they lowered full year 22 sales guidance. Um, so raising on the EPS and then lowering on the sales guidance moving forward. A little bit of mixed bag here. That's why I think you're seeing it kind of pull back. But I do think this is an opportunity on this pullback. If you take a look here on the daily chart, it looks like we're coming on back for a nice little push. We just got the pullback back through kind of a, a trend line that I think it's an important one to keep on watch. Um, we're going to look to see if we can get back up there, right? We need to get back into the 90. That's what I'd be watching the next couple of days. Of course, around 87 should be acting as some decent support here. So I would be looking at that 87 to hold here. Maybe you get a little pullback closer to it, but I do like this one. I'm going to keep it on watch. Big reason why also I've been seeing LMP, right? Lockheed Martin just had a big rip towards the upside. Now having a little bit of some sideways day, maybe when this one gets that red day, we get kind of the laggard leader type of play here. So RTX, I think, is definitely going to be in play in the next couple of days. Going to be watching it, of course, Lockheed Martin kind of leading the industry right now in that uh, defense industry. So we'll see what happens there. Lockheed Martin and RTX. All right, let's keep going. Uh, there's one more that I wanted to touch with, is Cleveland Cliff. The reason why Cleveland Cliff is because it's in the steel. And steel, we have been seeing it kind of push up. But today, it starts turning back around. And I'm sure this earnings report didn't help. Uh, EPS coming in at 29 cents, missing the 55 cent estimate. Sales at 5.7 billion, missing the 5.82 billion estimate. So a miss and a miss. Cleveland Cliff coming down. And it's not only Cleveland Cliff that this affected, even stocks that were a little bit strong, right? X, look at X, it pulled back there. Now finding a little bit of a bounce, at least not, not the worst name, but we need to keep these on watch because they have been running. Look at NUE, Nucor. It is trying to make a new high on the day, but will this one kind in uh, come in with also earnings getting hit to the downside? Remember, Nucor did give us a little bit of an outlook towards the downside earlier with a little bit of pre-announcement. Will this steel stock turn around? It looks like it's been pushing really quickly on the daily chart, so that's why I'm keeping it in mind. But definitely, it seems like we're trying to make our way back up on Nucor. We'll keep this one on my radar. Cleveland Cliff today getting a pull down off of their earnings report and pulling back. Steel Dynamics gave a good outlook, right? Let's see if, how that one continues to perform. Look at that nice push in the last couple of days by Steel Dynamics. This is definitely one to keep in watch. feel like it's topping out a little bit close to that 100, but maybe we can make it to there. Of course, you got the high here from April 21 that went to 137. It's been pushing that Steel Dynamics, one to keep on watch. And just to kind of take a quick look, let me see when Steel Dynamics is supposed to report. Just want to make sure I give you guys that outlook here. I just want to, I'm going to be looking for it. Looks like I have, uh, well, they just reported on the 20th. 
Uh, so we don't have to worry too much about a report coming into play. So Steel Dynamics still looking good here after their report. And of course, when did they start moving? Right there on that 20th. So a uh, big move there. Steel Dynamics, one to keep on watch. All right, let's go to what was hot and what was not. This is where we take a look at the sectors that are moving into the green and, of course, the industries that are trading in them. So real estate sector, right, having a, not a bad day today, up 3.51% overall, 3.1% uh, from the open. A lot of these just getting a little bit of a bounce back after they've been really beaten down in the last couple of days. Redfin, uh, DX. SRG, OLP, these are all REITs that are kind of bouncing back. Do I feel that any of these are a little bit stronger than others? Looks like office ones are getting a little bit of a bounce back, DLR. Um, but I just really don't like real estate right now, especially with the interest rates continuing to rise. REITs are probably not where I want to be, but to each his own, right? All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on, Ahmad? How we doing out there? James, Patrick, mad money. We'll get you guys up on uh, Alphabet in just a few minutes. Uh, what else do you guys like? Uh, Zoltan, you like Triple M? Well, I, I mean, I, I think you're not wrong in liking the, the company overall. It's just a lawsuit that keeps everybody to the side. But hey, maybe that's a good thing for some people that are willing to take their shot on 3M. All right, continuing on what was hot and what was not. We got about four minutes till we get to our next interview. Excited to get towards our next interview. That's going to be with Matt Orton, Raymond James Investment Management Chief Market Strategist. So stay tuned for that team. We're almost towards that interview. Excited to hear. Uh, Consumer Cyclical having a nice day, a little 2.06% move from the open. Leading industries, residential construction. Auto manufacturers getting a little bit of a lift. I was watching Tesla, a little bit of a bounce back right now. Uh, GM, of course, we talked about their earnings. Ford following along with GM a little bit today. And it looks like we even got some squeezing action from the beaten down names like Lucid, Rivian, um, even the Chinese stocks. They got hit hard yesterday. NIO into the green, LI into the green. And one that I'm keeping on watch just because their vehicles are intending to come out real soon. So I'm sure you're going to be hearing some news out there is Fisker. It did make a nice little pop today. I'm going to keep watch of this stock above eight. Right now it's at 791. It did alert me earlier today when it spiked towards that 850, but really want to see it start closing up at the $8 range to see if it wants to make a little move towards 10. We'll see what happens. Of course, I would need to hear some good news coming out of the ocean which is the car that Fisker is going to be releasing. Tesla, of course, we'll just keep on watch to see if Elon actually sells some shares or doesn't. Of course, uh, if he doesn't do it by the end of the week, I think by Thursday or Friday, I'll be more bullish on Tesla. But right now, I just don't know with that uh, kind of outlook that Elon could sell some more shares. All right, let's keep going. We'll take a look. Technology is the third leading sector on the day. Not a bad day for some of the leading stocks, right? Some of our leaders look at Meta with a nice 4% day today. Meta definitely getting some lift here, 4.5%. NVIDIA, 4.5%. So definitely that's what you want to be seeing in some of these tech names to really start getting some of these to bounce out. Apple up about 1%, but above the 150 
And so this is a level that I would definitely start watching Apple for more of that upside outlook. I've been watching and waiting for it to get back above the 148s. Today, we did get a nice little pullback, 148.50, now up towards 151. I think I'm going to be watching this 150 to see if it starts acting as support in the next couple of days, see if Apple can get another lag back up. Of course, their earnings report could shake things up. We'll be watching what happens to Apple later this week. All right. Um, what's in the red? Well, nothing is in the red overall. Overall, you got the energy in red, but from the open, it's still in the green. Uh, but some of these stocks definitely starting to show some weakness. Exxon Mobil starting to turn around after it tried to get back through the highs there of 107.50s, really turned around around 107.25s as we're starting to see a pullback in some of these names. Oxy also pulling back a little bit still in the kind of slightly in the red. I mean, we're just up maybe about two cents from the close yesterday. And so we'll keep these on watch to see if they can really pull back. But of course, oil has had a massive run lately. All right. Uh, industrials are the kind of the next kind of sector that isn't as strong, but it's not a bad day, right? It's over 1%. And so this is something to keep on watch as we continue to develop in kind of the industrials. I've been watching this sector overall. I've really been seeing it come back in the last couple of days. So keep keep your eyes on this. Of course, one of the areas that I've been talking about, and we just talked about the defense area, right? But DE, is DE deer move right now leading CAT? I think it is. And you're seeing DE continue that strength. Will CAT just follow? I've done this play before where it kind of leads DE leads on the breakout, then cat kind of follows. Look at the last couple of days. Looks to me like someone's looking at these stocks. Just keep them on your radar. We'll see what happens there. DE, Caterpillar. Um, you can look at a Honeywell having a nice little bounce back time right now. We'll see what happens there. All right, getting out of what was hot and what was not, let's go towards our second interview today. Excited to get into this one. And do me a favor, chat. Hit the thumbs up. Let's see what you guys think. And if you guys have a question coming up for Matt Orton, please throw it up in the chat. That's what it's all about here at Benzinga is that we give you the ability to join in on the interviews. I'll be looking for some questions. Let's get right to our second interview. All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring on Matt Orin, Raymond James, Investment Managing, uh, Management Chief Market Strategist. Welcome on, Matt. Hey, great to be back. Good to see you. Yes, it's definitely good to have you back on. And it seems like we're having ourselves a little bit of a rally. What do you think about this rally? It's definitely nice to see the rally. We needed some optimism after, I'd say, just such a, a summer of, of discontent. I mean, we had rallies, we had massive pullbacks. So while it's encouraging to see the fact that the market can actually stage a rally, I have been talking to clients about not, not being seduced by some of this upside. It's really easy to chase the upside and say the Fed might be might be starting to pivot going forward. But at the end of the day, what I look at is, you know, can the micro fundamentals of companies 
overtake just the pervasive macro headwinds that we have in the market. And I just don't think we're there yet because we still don't know if credit conditions have peaked. We still haven't seen financial conditions, the tightness of financial conditions roll over yet. We still haven't seen credit spreads start to, to tighten considerably. And so until we really start to see those trends get put in place, I would say don't chase the market higher. I think we're going to have a lot of chances to reposition ourselves going forward. And hopefully, as long as we can hold around 35.50 on the S&P 500, I'd say the worst might be behind us. We certainly could move lower, but I would say if that does happen, then the risk reward really starts to look much more compelling. Are you concerned about the bigger reports coming this week? It seems like we're really starting to hit uh, earnings season hard. It seems like it hasn't come in too bad. Of course, the expectations were on the downside. What do you feel about the rest of the week moving forward? Yeah, earnings have been really encouraging. I mean, results are better than feared. And particularly for some of the, the heavyweight companies that we're seeing report, the banks highlighted to us that the consumer is still in good shape. You know, I, I never bet against the American consumer. No one has ever really won that game in the past. And, and we saw that there's still strength there. There's still strength with the small and medium enterprises that they're lending to. So that I think is some solace we can take in the fact that the economy isn't rolling over or isn't showing signs of rolling over yet. And, and you know, we get 50 50% of the S&P 500 by market cap reporting this week. You've got, you've got the behemoths, the mega cap technology names, and frankly, those are going to guide the market, at least in the very, very short term. What I will say is what I'm looking for is, are we going to get reads from Microsoft that cloud computing is still, that, that there's still demand for it? I think the implications for the broader economy and the, the software sector as a whole are going to be very important. Seeing what happens with Prime memberships, with consumer trends, and again, cloud computing, that's going to be a really, really important read. Uh, so, so we're going to get a lot of important insights. Again, what I'm hoping for is, is that guidance is going to come in above what the market is expecting. But I, I'm not expecting, you know, lights out, amazing beats, just given the headwinds that we have, and particularly the dollar strength. Yeah, I'm going to definitely be watching to see what happens with the cloud numbers. Of course, today, earlier, Amazon was going down a little bit because of the hiring freezing in the AWS division. So it's something definitely to keep on watch with these earnings report. My next question is one that I just asked my last guest also, because I feel like it's an important thing to start asking is what's the biggest risk to the markets now? The biggest risk is a negative feedback loop. We, we know consumer confidence is low. We know CEO confidence is low. What I've told clients is watch what, watch what consumers are doing, not what they're saying. But there does become a point where that breaks. And what's really, really important to follow is with confidence. We, I mean, we had bad data this week. CEO confidence is the lowest it's been in, in almost a decade. When does that start to translate into actual pullbacks in corporate spending? What is really encouraging to me is we haven't seen that in this earnings season. Even though CEOs are feeling really bad, it's not yet being reflected in their behavior. But the biggest risk to the market is that that does start to change, that the Fed over tightens or that money conditions have become too tight or, or that inflationary concerns just add to too much pressure uh, to the bottom lines that people start to pull back on the expenditures that they were planning in that 
is what really could make maybe a rolling recession, which is the base case of what I expect, to be something more severe that really is going to impact corporate margin. And so as a result, what I tell my clients and our clients is maintain a core defensive bias right now. This is not the time to be getting aggressive. I don't expect we're going to have a V-shaped recovery. So that's why I wouldn't recommend chasing the market higher, but lean into what is working. Dividend growth has been working. Um, GARP, growth at a reasonable price, that has been working. You know, Large cap healthcare has been my favorite place to be so far this year, and it continues to be so. Earnings have been really, really strong. It gets overshadowed by a lot of energy reports, financials, technology that's reporting this week. But at the end of the day, they're still posting 10 to 15% earnings growth in a market that's naturally growing as we have an aging population. So that is a great place where you can still play defense, but still still get some upside. And if you're really looking to get maybe a beta position or capture some upside when the market does start to rip, if we do have these rallies like we've had over the last three days, look at the small cap part of the market because small caps, in my opinion, are, are impounding a deep recession. Valuations are the lowest they have been for, say, the S&P 600 in history. Um, so, so they're pricing in something very, very serious. And yes, they're levered to the overall economy, but a large part of that is priced in. Positioning has been wiped out across small caps, and there's a lot of really good opportunities down the market cap spectrum. So that's a place that I think I would feel better about trying to get some market exposure rather than maybe chasing some of the mega cap names um, that are just really, really tied to investor flows and so many other macro uh, headwinds. Yeah, thank you for giving us your favorite sector and mentioning healthcare there. And it's something that we covered this morning. And it just seems like there's a lot of healthcare. It's not only in one industry that we're seeing some strength. So definitely a good area to keep watch. Now, it seems like don't fight the Fed. It seems like it's been the best approach here. Um, what will it really take for the Fed to even hint at pausing or slowing down the pace of the interest rates? It seems like we got some Wall Street Journal FOMO out there right now, but what do you think will it really take for the Fed to actually even mention? Yeah, and I'm glad you said, you know, pot, you know, that that to slow down because I, I really don't like the word pivot because we're not pivoting away from higher rates. We're we're slowing, we're taking our foot off the brakes. And we get the Fed next week. So November 2nd is going to be a really important day because we'll get the press conference from Powell. And what I would be looking for is are they thinking about maybe thinking about taking their foot off the brakes? We already heard from Daly at the end of last week that kind of started this rally that it might be time to start assessing the implications of what the Fed has already done. So that's encouraging. If we can get more Fed members behind that, and if we start to broadcast that that discussion is actually happening behind the scenes, I think that might help the market, you know, at least I, I wouldn't say sustainably surge or rally higher, but at least help us have confidence that maybe the lowest levels or, or, or the depths of this pullback have been put in. Because at the end of the day, if we do that, you know, recession is not a 100% foregone conclusion. It's very likely. But if we don't break something in this economy, you might get those rolling recessions that take place over the course of the next year or 18 months, where you don't have just full-scale severe pullback for the economy as a whole. So, you know, the, the Fed guidance and what they broadcast to us is going to be really, really important. 
Um, but again, if you do get you know a reflex rally to some good news there, I still wouldn't be chasing that. You've got to follow the financial conditions and really make sure that you are sustainably seeing them roll over. Because right now, yields and equities are telling us two different things and they need to be in agreement with one another. Perfect. Now, my last question goes towards energy stocks and that trend. Do you feel that this is starting to come to an end or this trade still actually has some legs? I still like energy. I think this trade still has legs. Energy is a sector is still very, very cheap. Uh, across the entire market cap spectrum. And what's most important about the energy trade is even if oil prices move lower or, or don't sustainably move higher from where we are, these companies are throwing off free cash. I mean, we are having record free cash flow for these companies. They're returning cash to shareholders, and that's what's really important. And that's what is going to drive these share prices higher. We had fantastic earnings last week from some oil services names that hadn't moved as much as the rest of the energy patch. So I still think there's opportunities there. But overall, energy is its a supply-constrained market. We're not going to start pumping and drilling like we did in the past, and that should allow these companies to keep throwing off free cash flow. And, and as long as they do that, I still like the sector. And one last one I'll throw in here is, of course, we've been seeing the China stocks really get hit hard and it's troubled to kind of think about where do we start looking if a lot of people were talking about emerging markets maybe being the first to bounce here. Do you feel that we should just be careful with these kind of investments right now? It just seems like it's tough. What is the tensions with technology in the U.S.? Where do you think that's going right now? It's really tough. I, I, this is one of the reasons why just owning an index at this point or moving into like the queues or something, something similar is tough because there is a large influence from China. It's the same thing for emerging markets. If you just buy the whole EM basket, you're getting over 40% exposure to China. But that masks some really good opportunities beneath the surface. So while the U.S. is still my preferred region in the world, you know, India has been a region of strength. The Indian equity market, I, I think, is starting to break out again. Um, it, it's been by far and away one of the best performing um, areas of, of the global market so far this year. And Latin America has performed well, Brazil in particular, because their central bank has been so far ahead of the Fed in raising interest rates. And we're going to have resolution from a presidential election over there moving forward. And, and you know, Brazil is exposed to commodities. That benefits the market. India is exposed to a consumer and insulated from some of the global headwinds and not having a large debt load. So the dollar doesn't negatively impact it. So if you're going to play emerging markets, again, stick with what's working because that momentum is likely to continue. It's a good fundamental story. Um, and they'll also get the tailwinds if you do just get a general rising tide lifting all boats if people start to move back into the EM complex. Well, thank you for joining me today and covering all different types of contexts. I appreciate you, like always, Matt Orton, coming on. Raymond James Investment Management, Chief Market Strategist. We'll definitely have you back on. Thank you, Matt. Great. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We're going to get you guys over to the roadmap action coming up, but I can't agree more. And it feels like this type of market that we just need to kind of keep waiting waiting till we actually get that Fed change. And really, I mean, when is the change going to show up in inflation? I think that's going to be the first thing that we really need to see. I know that everybody wants to see the slowdown in the pace of the Fed, but I feel like if we're really going to see that slowdown in the pace, 
We need to see a slowdown in inflation. And it can't be just from 8.3 to 8.2, right? It needs to be going actually into the direction that they're trying to obtain. The initiative that the real focus on is for the Fed to get a handle on inflation. Because stagflation, it, it, it might have been something crazy talked about a year ago if you thought that stagflation was actually going to stick around and that you thought this was real. But it's an actual worry now because it seems like it doesn't matter what the Fed is raising, 75 basis, 50 basis, even if they did a 400 basis points. Would this truly have that effect that they're trying to have on inflation? And how long will that lag play into? And for the biggest risk, really, is, of course, is that the Fed breaks something. A lot of people wanted to ask about why did I have the biggest risk question on today's show? The biggest risk for me is that, of course, we end up breaking something, right? Because we push too hard and we don't see inflation coming down. So we push a little bit harder and then end up causing some financial instability. That's not what our intention is here. Our intention is to get inflation down. But of course, the risk always uh, remains when you're pushing into these interest rates that you could start causing some financial instability. We'll have to wait and see to find out. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Let's take a quick look at the SPY before we get out of here. It looks like we're still pushing, guys, up there around 383 right now. It's been a great day for markets overall, risk off and getting a little push. The question is, will this rally hold? I think at the end of the day, you run more into headwinds next week as you get the FOMC meeting. But right now, the Fed isn't talking. So I still think we have some room to run. Just how far? That's the question that you got to start asking yourself. And then after that, will the FOMC meeting next week bring some down action? Is the question I'd be asking. Like always, ask what environment you're in and make your own investment decisions. I'll see you guys a little bit. Uh, later, the roadmap coming up right now, starting up, go check out some So Rare action. So Rare, of course, and uh, fantasy NFT ability. I'm playing with it right now in NBA, but they have MLB, they have soccer. Check it out, team. Up next, you'll get all the trends in the NFT space with Chris Ketchy on the roadmap. I'll see you guys over there. I might even jump in for a second to talk about my So Rare uh, first competition. I got some cards. I got some rewards. Come find out how we're doing in there. All right. I'll see you next time right here on Stock Market Movers. I'm your host, Money Mitch, and let's keep working to improve in this market.